Chapter 1. Angels Above Him He lay in a puddle of his own blood. The basement was dark and dank. Frenzied soldiers, their wool uniforms soaked in sweat, carried freshly wounded men to any open space they could find. The world above exploded with sounds of whistling metal and pounding feet and the shouts of men in distress. All around him on the dirt floor, wounded men moaned and cried out. He had just turned nineteen years old, but his dirty, bloodied blue jacket bore the stripes of a lieutenant. He was one of the youngest commanders of a six-cannon artillery battery in the Union Army. His hair was black and his skin bronzed and toughened by two years in the sun and heat and cold. He was handsome in the way of a boy just now shedding the softness of childhood for the firmer features of a man. He had tried so hard not to show his men how much he hurt. Baird Wilkerson did not want to die. That morning, July 1st, 1863, he and his men had awakened twelve miles away in the steamy dawn of a Maryland field. There had been a frantic four-hour march to Gettysburg in the heat and mud, the last of it on a forced trot, as guns in the distance boomed and crackled louder with each step. Now he was lying in the basement of a poorhouse in a place called Gettysburg. He was frightened, but he did not want to show vulnerability to anyone. It had been his wish to fight in a battle that mattered, to test his training and courage, to make a name. But on this day there had not been a single second for contemplation. It had been an exhilarating, terrifying rush into the unknown for multitudes of men, including this young Baird, this lieutenant of the Union Army. He drifted in and out of consciousness. When he was awake, the pain overcame him, and he could not stop from crying out. The noise above him was becoming even louder and more chaotic. Men shouted, hooves pounded, the boom of cannon was so close it sounded as if it was coming from inside his head. Soon there came an earth-shaking crescendo of arms just overhead. Then the disturbance eased and moved into the distance, like thunder fading into the heavens. The young lieutenant's pain intensified. Cries and groans were now the primary sounds. This was his world now. He surrendered for a moment, crying out for his mother and father. But he had to be strong for the men. He went silent again. Was this a dream? The faces of two women hovered above him. One face was black, the other ruddy white. Both were kind faces. One woman soothed him with a soft Irish voice, wiping a dirty, cool cloth on his forehead. The other held his hand. They kept coming and going, sometimes by themselves, sometimes together, angels to his call. He came and went too, thinking of home, then thinking of nothing but the pain. The man next to him begged for water, and he gave up his canteen for him. An aloneness came to him. He called again and then again for his mother and father. The angels reappeared with soothing voices and the cool cloth. They smiled, and their gentle eyes made him unafraid. He tried to smile back. Another face appeared, this one a man's, and their eyes briefly met. All around him there were cries and quiet whimpers in the fading light. He was only nineteen years old. He did not want to die.